2: Welcome back to Joking Not Joking. Am I joking or are you joking? No, we're joking, not joking. I am the professor. Today we get into one of the core questions of the lexicon. Realness. Mo and AC discuss finding objective truth in a distracting modern world. Staying authentic to oneself. And most of all, how to stay totally real. The guys are joined by their friend, Quintessa Swindell, who played the role of Cyclone in the major motion picture, Black Adam, alongside Mo. It has also appeared in HBO's Euphoria and played a lead role in Trinkets on Netflix. It's a wide-ranging conversation. Azor pulls out some of his best bars from the part of his brain that just stores endless quotes. Most of the time useless, however endless, sometimes useful. And we're even visited by our dear friend, Redneck Tom. Stay real and enjoy.
0: This is Joking Not Joking.
2: What up everybody? It's Mo. it's Mo. What's up? This is your boy Azurus Smile. From Luminary, this is Joking Not Joking. What is your truth, Mo? <laughs> <laughs> Why does that make you laugh? Yeah, it's just a funny statement. What is your truth? What is my truth? Well, my truth is, you know, like, I don't I don't even know how to answer that. What is my truth? It's such right. a broad well, truth about what? Like, about me, about my your truth. your truth yeah it's so confusing you will not break me bro like I don't know what this is what do you think what do you think they mean
0: when they ask you that you've heard people say this right what this is my, my truth
2: it depends on what we're talking about like
0: I don't know what do you mean I don't know either yeah. it's, <laughs> it's a strange framing yeah. to me because yeah. since I was a kid bro I figured out at some point early on it's like wait a second man everybody has their own idea of what's going on here You know, on some fundamental level, I think we all kind of go through life like, bro, what is, what is actually going on here? Right. We're floating on a ball in the middle of space right now.
2: Yeah. A lot of people have brought that up. That's something right? that comes up pretty regularly. Right. But I'm saying know.
0: that if you're a little kid wondering that, pondering yeah. that, it's also trippy to be like, looking at the stars and the planets, and be like, I want to be in space. It's like, bro, you are right Yours. now. You <laughs> are? You're floating right now yeah. on a ball
2: hurtling through yeah. the
0: middle of space. Yeah, it's thank weird. God we have
2: gravity. Right? If we didn't have gravity, we'd shoot your silly ass up there.
0: There would be no silly ex- ass to even yeah. exist. You'd yeah. never come
2: into existence. Yeah. So I'm like, saying if you were just walking down the street and then gravity said, you know what? Fuck it. We're not doing this anymore. <laughs> you're living without me. Just everybody starts flying into space. It's over. Game and over. And you're going to have an excruciating death. on the way out? You are over. Yeah.
0: Nobody cares about your pronouns.
2: Nobody cares about anything anymore. Anything. That's it. Nothing.
0: Yeah. Right? Your money, your wealth, your fame, your power, nothing. It's all irrelevant. That threw me off. My bad. I didn't mean to do that. I'm just saying like the the kinds (laughs) of things that we obsess about. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The the, the pettiness, the silliness of so many modern debates. Right. Just become immediately pointless. pointless. It's all pointless. It for the is, most part. Yeah, that's, for the, the most part. For the most part. It's like trying to suss out what yeah. actually matters amidst yeah. all the noise. What's yeah. the signal? Which is back to the point I was trying to make. It's like being as a kid, I'd be like, wait a second. So everybody has their own opinion. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own idea. Right. I don't know what your perception was as a kid about religion. You grew up in Kuwait when you were little, right? Yeah. So it's like Islam is I, grew up until I was nine. Till you're nine. So it's just like, you know, it's just part of the water. You, it's in the air you breathe and the water you drink. It's yes. like, this is truth. What this is what we believe in. Right. One God, Muhammad is messenger of God. You hear Quran. the call to prayer five times a day. What does that do to your yeah. spirit and soul? It's like, Yeah, it's beautiful. The so then you grow up in it, but you're kind of indoctrinated into it, for lack sure. of a better word. Sure, absolutely. Okay. At some point you have to wrestle with that. Okay, well, if I was born in a Christian family. Exactly. If I was born in a Hindu family. Exactly. If I was born in an atheist family. I'd probably still be Muslim. You think so?
2: I mean, now, after, like, stepping away from being indoctrinated into it and growing up with it and being born in it, it's the one that objectively makes the most sense to me. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised Because I had a real test. You know, it's like a real sensitive age. Your teenage years are like 13 to 18 or, like, really, even into your early 20s. But you're very sensitive from that age group. And I had a significant life happening with the war and then fleeing the war in 90 and then from nine to my father passing away at 14 uh and then you know what i mean like it's just yeah it's just one formative of those years things. formative yeah, the, years those formative years were really tough so it caused me to go into like a deep Inner search, you know,
0: for the truth, for the truth. Yeah, absolutely. So and that's would back go to what's away, your truth. Back, right? Yeah, that's like, exactly. what's your truth? What's your truth? Yeah. So here's the point I'm trying to get all right, get to this whole question of like, what's your truth? What's my truth? So the notion of subjective truth. Everyone has their own truth. To me, I just realized, bro, at some point, like, listen, man, I'm interested in what's actually objectively true. Yeah, not my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Like when someone be like, well, let me tell you what I think. Let me tell you what I feel. It's like, bro, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you feel. Right. I don't even care what I think. I don't care what I feel. Exactly. I want to know what's actually real. And the definition of that became when I, when I saw it clearly is like the only thing that's real for me personally, what I can sink into is that, which would be true, even if I never existed. Exactly. It's not, cause it's not about me. Right. If I never existed, the sky would still be blue. Right. The grass would still be green in most parts of the country. Two plus two would still equal four and nothing has the right to be worshiped except God and Muhammad is messenger of God. (laughs) Like, I really believe that genuinely as an objective truth and that confirms Jesus and Moses and everything before it. So it's like, yeah, bro, this is just objectively true, which is why when I see a guy like Habib on the world stage on some, like, you can't break me. This is terrifying. That's terrifying.
2: That's a real. He's one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever seen in my life. Unique, and also, like, I do wonder how long I could last. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think he could probably kill you in like 10 seconds.
2: I think that's accurate. I think that's very accurate. Like kill I think you. I like could, kill,
0: you could probably kill. Me. He could he fought bears, I like as you pointed out. Might be bears.
2: less than 10 seconds. Kill like to kill me. He would never kill me. Of course, we're talking about hypothetical. We're you talking about I mean? hypothetical. Hypothetically, I think he would have me in some kind of like tapping situation. I don't know. It wouldn't be a second. Well, maybe. Maybe, you know, depending on You know a lot about fighting. What kind of moves do you think he would try to do on you? I mean, if he's just going to wrestle, I got like maybe 20 seconds of defense in me. You know what I mean? Before he just completely dismantles me. Well, I'm
0: saying, what do you think? Because I I just
2: have like super basic knowledge of grappling. You are considerably bigger than him. That doesn't matter. He's going to murder me. He's still very strong. (laughs) I'm saying that I have like 20 seconds of defense. I would tap out before he touched me, I would try. I would definitely try. But just he would like, get a hold of me. No, I would be interested just to feel his strength and his like manipulation I have no into interest ending in that. my life. I have no <laughs> interest. No interest in this I'd be like, oh, I see how you set me up there to stop the wind from entering my body. And thank you. I believe in God even more. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, this near death experience really opened things. Up for me? No, seriously. I think I last sincerely like twenty seconds before I was screaming for someone to help me.
0: No, yeah, how he's he that strong. He's also dude,
2: not as small as he used to be. He's like a middleweight now. Really, like his size because he's right. not
0: fighting. All right, he's not fighting, so he's put on. So some he's on to like
2: a healthy weight.
0: Right, he doesn't to be so lean. It's unhealthy
2: yeah. to be a fighter, by the way. It's like right. super unhealthy. Not just the punching and. And potential death from strikes.
0: Right. This the condition of your body. The condition of way you put is your body through. Normal. Right.
2: Yeah, right. you're just like weight cutting a stupid amount of pounds in one week. It's just insane sometimes. Like just to get to that home stretch. These guys are just wearing plastic bags and starving themselves until the weigh in. And then after the weigh in, they eat. Bro, the discrepancy sometimes is like 15, 20 pounds. From weigh in to fight. It's crazy.
0: People are confused, man, about what is true. This is a tricky thing, you know, like trying to figure out. Habib Nurmagomedov is the
2: truth.
3: Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com.
2: Q, you got what I need.
0: (laughs) What's up, Q? You said she's just a friend. Yeah, he's just a friend. Oh, baby, you got
4: what I need. What's up,
2: y'all? What's up? How you doing? Did I tell you that I made a podcast deal? Yes. Yeah. That's what we're doing. (laughs) You wanna hop in?
0: And now it's time for someone to suddenly show up. Please welcome Quintessa Swindell. We're talking about basically the idea of truth. What is real? There's everybody has an opinion about everything nowadays, a lot of people with opinions, no beliefs. What is real? Mm -hmm. This quote is one of my favorites. It's from a, a British or an English jurist in a legal opinion that he wrote a couple hundred years ago. Truth and falsehood, it has been said, are not always opposed to each other like black and white, but oftentimes and by design, are made to appear hardly distinguishable just as the counterfeit thing is counterfeit due to its resemblance to the genuine thing. That's an incredible Come quote. Come on
5: quote. Okay. Come t- on
0: quote. Right now. Let me just unpack that for just mm-hmm. a couple bucks. You have to. Right. Think about it. If I give you a fake hundred dollar bill, right. But it's printed out with red ink, mm-hmm. it's obviously fake. It's not even illegal. Trying to pass off a $100 bill that looks like the real thing is the essence of the crime. So we're living in many ways in the age of counterfeit truth. Think about how many fake fake news, alt facts, post-truth, artificial intelligence, virtual reality. It's like fake, 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 fake. This fakeness has become the new reality Mm -hmm. and it feels so real and it feels so truthful. It feels so convincing that it's like, dude, this is counterfeit truth. And how do we distinguish between the counterfeit and the real? Mm. And it's now we enter squarely into the domain of spirituality and religion and wisdom teaching, trying to figure out real from the fake. And one of my favorite prayers out from Islam as a Muslim, the prophet of God used to pray, وسلم, God bless him and keep him. Allahumma God, show me the truth as true and give me the gift to follow it. Show me falsehood as false and steer me clear from it.
5: Come on. Bars. Bars. Come Bars. 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 It's, it's, yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, right?
0: So th- this is yeah. what, and, I, and you you said earlier, like, yo, well, why did you say that? You're like, oh, I, I I don't know what your mind would be like. What were you saying? You walk around life with this.
2: Yeah, it's terrifying all the information he has in his head. Oh, Oh, because of information. Yeah, it was just. Of course, I love it. It's important. It's empowering. I got you, but But also like how you filter all that information. Well, because it does scare for you. (laughs) Yeah, no, and it scares me because of
0: this counterfeit thing, right? I believe in the phenomenon of God, of course, prophecy, and therefore also the Antichrist. Mm. The Antichrist is what? It's a counterfeit Messiah, Mm. and the Antichrist presents his truth. As though it's so—and it's so convincing. Mm -hmm. Right. And very good and sincere people get tricked by it. Mm -hmm. In every tradition, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, and pre-monotheistic religions, Mm. they all talk about this dark messiah at the end of time that is going to come and trick everybody, and it's some devil shit. Right. That shit is scary, bro, because Mm -hmm. it's not that it's so clear that he's wrong. It's that it's convincing, and it's a fake truth. Like I
2: talk a big talk, you know what I mean. Like I believe in God. so I'm not scared of anything. Like I believe that my soul will travel. Like after I mean, my, body, my body's gone, and like unable to function. So I feel, like, good. Like, so I laugh at anybody who takes anything else really seriously. I'm like, bro, this is temporary. Facts. This is mad temporary. I think when you experience loss at a super young age as well, and you start to see that, mm-hmm. it, like, unplugs you from the matrix at such an early age. Yep. Therefore, you see things for what they are really quickly. And then realize, like, man, I don't have time yeah. to fuck with you. is like to waste any little bit of my time that are potentially that I don't know how much I have. So like, I don't want to do that. And I know that time, my time, my soul is infinite. Inshallah, God willing, is infinite post this dunya, this realm of existence. So I'm not pressed. Right, you know, like, about what's coming. Yeah, yeah. I'm not pressed. Like, I'm, I'm pressed, but I'm not pressed. I'm more pressed about, like, the people I care about and love. Yep more than myself yes because i know i'm okay i want everybody to know like hey don't worry about me when i'm gone like it's good
5: i'm straight i'm I'm straight
0: yeah right i'm straight yeah the believer doesn't fear death yeah
5: one thing like mo to your point like when you experience grief at a very young age like as a person who's like like i lost my mom when i was very very young
0: well i'm sorry to hear that how old were you
5: i was a i was a year old oh my god and so and my mom she was like very very young as well but like you know with that like experience of loss since i was a kid i've always had this very very like fascinating look on life like i don't know how long i have so like every day like everything i do like i live in my mom's image and Mm -hmm. like do everything Mm -hmm. for my mom and with my mom Mm -hmm. like even black adam Mm -hmm. you know like those moments of like floating I wonder how my mom's spirit moves. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm doing all of this, like, with her. And I think as far as what you were saying, like, profound wisdom and stuff, I think that's something that I go by. I'm not a very, like, religious person, but I feel like there is profound wisdom given from experience. Mm, The experience of loss for me has been the most grounding of, like, look, I'm straight. I'm only chasing the the moment i get to be back with my mom and so i'm good whether it's like you know whatever happens happens and it happens for the best you know but Mm. i'll be good right so i feel you i feel you both on that
2: that's beautiful beautiful. no i absolutely and i i just want to comment on the religious thing you are a deeply spiritual person is that fair to say yeah oh deeply I think this is an interesting thing to broach as well. Like, what is the definition of being religious? Religious, Because right. because to some other people's definition of religious, because I do consider myself to be a religious person, uh, but um, it depends on how you define it as well. Right. Like, could be I could be, like, on your side where I'm like, no, 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 I'm deeply spiritual. <laughs> because <laughs> your definition of religious is not what I'm talking right. about. You know? Right, right, right. So that's, like, really important. I think people have, like, a... A real allergy to the world word religion, understandably so. Yeah, it's become a loaded term, completely mm. loaded, and the way how bad people suck as well. Yes, <laughs> and how judgmental religious, pious people are sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not all, yes, but
0: some. Again, f- just, I, I call that fake. shit fake religion. Fake religion. I yeah. agree. Back to fakeness. I agree. You know, religion is being perverted, inverted, right? Right. It's like the great inversion we're living through. So things that words are becoming. Plastic words. Right. You know, it's like people use a term and then you say, what do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. Like uh, people nowadays, I talk to someone. I love talking to all kinds of people, but especially people who are deeply pondering these questions. What does everything mean? What happens to me after I die? Like all questions actually fold into four questions. Mm -hmm. All religion, all philosophy, four questions, ultimately burning inside the human heart. Mm -hmm. Number one, what is the origin of being itself? Mm -hmm. Where the hell does all this come from? Number two, what is the true nature of human consciousness? Because I'm a human creature. Clearly, we're different than other animals. What the hell is this really? Number three, why does all of this exist? What is the purpose of it all? And number four, what happens to me after I die? Everything else is just footnotes and details and debating and arguing about side points. But actually, all religion, all wisdom teaching, all philosophy is ultimately concerned with trying to wrestle with these four questions. If you are a believer, you have your answers. Where did it all come from? God, the origin, the source of it all. What is really true nature of human consciousness? God made the human being have some weird, unique relationship with God. Why does it all exist? To glorify God, for God's enjoyment and pleasure. What happens to me after I die? I go back to God. If you don't believe, you also have your answers. Where did it all come from? Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> what's really going on here? Who gives a fuck? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Why does it all exist? To eat and shit. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. What happens to me after I die? I become yeah. food for worms. Yeah. That's... That's it, but this is ultimately the whole fight about in in the modern world is over this. Does it mean anything, bro? Is it meaningful, hmm. or is it nihilism? That is so sad. It's, it's very so sad. Why if you live is,
2: in this like nihilistic
0: type? Why, why do you, kind of you think there's so much depression, bro? I think I'm convinced the root cause of all this depression and suicidalism is basically a nihilistic notion that yeah, you know, nothing means anything. Of course, Bored ape yacht club like. It's like, like motherfucker, I'm not an ape. I'm I'm not bored. (laughs) I don't fuck with yachts, (laughs) and I I don't want to be in your car. Yo, 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 hold on, hold on. We got Redneck Tom on the line. Let's ask him what he thinks about realness.
4: Shit, you know what I mean? It's just like, people are so damn dumb. I mean, just be real. Stop faking it. Why are you faking it? It takes more energy to fake it. Then just to be your real self and then it just heals you personally, psychologically. You walk down the street feeling better about yourself because you're being damn real. Like everybody knows you're lying. And you just stick in your ego, just letting that just take over. And you, you just let it go. And just 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 let it go. And, and just come out with me one time and go cow tipping. And then we just we just found these like little precious mushroom to... The, the, the tastiest pet can that got down, just a little damn mushroom cap like that, you just damn rinse it off, don't be crazy. And you just eat the whole damn thing. Just wait about 45 minutes, and you'll start discovering how ridiculous you are. You understand what I'm saying? You're just gonna discover how uh, uh, pathetic you were holding on to your little petty lies. And then over the years these lies build up and you transform into something else called a heathen. You goddamn heathen, you're full of black soot that you can't see on your heart and you just out there, the damn fool. That's what you is, you yeah, the goddamn fool. That's what my grandpappy used to say. That boy right there, the goddamn fool. I say, why is he fool? Look at me lying. Well it sure is. Just be a damn self and you love yourself more. You
2: know what I mean? Just come on down take take can, we I will show you how to be real shit. Oh, Red Deck Tom. Wasn't that adorable listening to him fumble through what he thinks realness is? He obviously can't relay his message as eloquently or sophisticated as I would be able to. But he's not wrong. Realness is important. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Joking Not Joking. We'll see you next time. This is your professor signing off. And as always, stay real, dimwits.
3: Joking, not joking, is a luminary original. Original audio production, music, and sound design by Salt. Executive produced by Noah Gersh, Jamie Schuffman, Nick Panama, and Kenzie Wilbur. Head of creative. Jordan Galvin, Head of Production, Liz LeMay, Head of Post-Production, Robert Adler, Produced by Imran Ali Malik and Aaron Kennedy, Supervising Producers, Ali Strobel and Alice Biern; Post-Production Supervisor, Ali Honoré, Edited by Jeffrey Muchnick and Aaron Kennedy, Sound Design and Music by Matthew Chilelli; Mixed by Aaron Kennedy, Recorded by Aaron Kennedy Zach Jurich and Mario Borgata. Guest booking by Drive Entertainment and Hager Eldos. Additional music courtesy of Extreme Music.